Thanks for checking out the Relentless Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, thanks again for listening to our podcast. This week is a little bit different. We actually had a slight audio issue, and we weren't able to get the message audio from Wednesday night service. So in order to provide for you guys the, the content, if you're wanting to listen to it, I thought I would go back through our notes here and uh, in this setting, and hopefully it works for you and you get something out of it. And if not, uh, we'll have the audio back next week. But uh, So this week we continued our series, Everyone Always, with week two. Uh, last week we talked about love everyone always and how that's not always easy. And we sometimes say in church, you know, we know that we love God and we know that we love others, but uh, that doesn't, that's just not easy. And uh, there's some ways to do that. So I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast from last week. If you missed that, uh, you can check that out. This week, though, uh, I wanted to start off by asking you, have you ever been in a conversation where people are talking either about you or about a topic uh, with you standing right there that you just don't know about? Like two people are talking about a show and you've never watched that show and you're just sitting there clueless. Like, can you guys talk about this later? Because I don't know what you're talking about. And it's just kind of kind of rude. Like, it's just kind of disrespectful. You're like, man, just like either clue me in on what's going on or just wait. Or, uh, you know, uh, you're just somebody's talking about you, but you, they're not saying that they're talking about you. And, but you know they're talking about you, and it's just disrespectful. And all this is centered around the idea of how would you like people to treat you? Uh, if you had to sit down and write down, okay, a few words that describe how you would like to be treated. And I'm not talking like the crazy, like, I'd like to be treated like a princess or like royalty or a king or something like that. I don't mean like that. I mean, genuinely, how would you like everyone to just naturally treat you from a starting point? Um, I think... If you're to do this, uh, I sat down and thought about this, and some of the words I came up with were, I'd like to be treated fairly, uh, I'd like to be treated with kindness, and I'd like to be treated with respect. You know, uh, you don't have to respect me as this great authority on anything, but just respect me as a human being. And that's kind of the direction that we're going to go this week. So this uh, this message is centered on Matthew 7, verse 12, where uh, Jesus said, uh, it's the golden rule, as a lot of people know it, but basically the verse says this, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Um, so maybe as an exercise, just to get things started, uh, take some time, decide how you would most like to be treated, and then based on Matthew 7, go out and treat others like that. Um I think sometimes we want to be treated a certain way. We want people to look at us or view us in a certain light, but we don't really treat others that way. And um, if we believe Matthew 7, which we do, then there's there's a gap there we need to close. So this week we're talking about respect everyone always. Respect everyone always. Uh, we said on Wednesday night, you know, I had everybody spell respect out loud because... I think if you've listened to any music at any point, you probably know how to spell respect. It's like uh, being born in the 90s and not knowing how to spell bananas. Like, it just doesn't happen. So, uh, respect, our definition is respect is holding the other person in high regard and treating them that way. Or another way of saying it is valuing people and treating them as they are valuable. If you had something given to you, a gift given to you, and you knew what it cost, if it was a, a brand new iPhone or something, and you knew what that cost, you would treat it with the respect that is due for that item's value. 
Uh, if it was a dollar store, you know, piece of gum, and you're like, ah, I can replace it. It's easy. You don't treat that with the same respect. Why? Because you know its value. First uh, Peter two seventeen says, treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God and respect the government. Watch out. That one. That one sticks with you a little bit. Respect the government. It doesn't say agree with. Doesn't say. Uh, you know, believe everything and and just just follow orders. It says respect. So that leads us to the question, then, how do you respect others correctly? Um, let me first start by saying that respect is not instinctive. Respect is learned. I think at uh, all different ages of life, you can look at people and understand that respect is not an instinctive thing. My little three-year-old, two-year-old, when my kids were little like that, they didn't automatically respect personal space. They did not automatically respect that if another kid was holding a toy and they wanted it, oh, well, I just need to respect that they are playing with it. No, they went over and they took that toy because they wanted it. Respect is not an instinctive thing. A junior hire does not instinctively respect the teacher that's giving him homework. He doesn't know or she doesn't know that that homework is useful and beneficial and will help him in the long run. He just doesn't respect that. You know, as adults, oftentimes we don't respect other people naturally. We don't uh, we don't just naturally respect our boss who schedules us for overtime or whatever. Like we just respect is not a natural response to things. It's a learned response. And uh, unfortunately, many times there are people who make it their entire childhood without ever learning this principle that respect is, in fact, learned. Um, now, the way you do that, the way we respect others is by understanding four truths, four different aspects that I want to uh, kind of explain a little bit. And I think that if we can cover these four things, if we can get these four things, uh, the world would be a much more peaceful place, a much more respectful place, and probably move towards a much more Christ-like place, in my opinion. Number one thing you got to know to respect others correctly is, number one, God loves everyone. I know that's super easy. Like That's, that's like the token answer you give when your parents ask what church would you learn in church? Oh, God loves us. Like, that's just the obvious thing. But think about it in terms of respecting other people. Let me put it to you a different way. Think of the absolute worst person you know, maybe personally or maybe just a, a personality or a person on TV or something. You're just like, that guy is terrible. The worst person you know. Think of them. Now, translate the fact that God loves everyone to this point. The worst person you know is one prayer, one encounter with God away from being a part of God's family. Or if you're a Christian, from being a part of your family. We believe that we are a family of Christ, a body of Christ. So that we, that's why we go to church and we say oh, they're our brother, or our sister. And sometimes that is cheesy, but it's true. We're part of the same uh, collective tribe of Christ followers. When someone says that prayer, when someone has that encounter, they become a part of of that family. The worst person that you know is then one prayer away from being part of your family. God loves them, and so should we. Now, the obvious response is, well, but what about this person? Yeah. Well, but what about this person? You don't know what she... Yep. What about even... Yep, even them. The worst person you know, God loves them, and we have to work towards it. Now, that's not always easy, I told a story about a, a, a manager I had in a former job uh, ages ago that I just could not stand. From the day they were promoted, I didn't particularly care for that person. I didn't get why they got management. And when they were fired six months after that, I didn't even understand what the whole thing was about. It was so hard. 
to respect that person. And sometimes the only reason you can put up with someone is because God loves them. You're like, well, God loves them. That's, that's all I got. So you have to learn, though, that God loves everyone and start there. Number two, the second thing you got to know is that you can differ without devaluing. You can have a difference of opinion, a difference of perspective, a different opinion, something different, without devaluing that other person. Now, if you're on social media or the news or politics, differences of, of opinions divide people more in our society today than ever. Um, so many people identify their belief system, whether that's a political belief, a social belief, a, a religious belief, with the very core of who they are. And so disagreeing with their stance means disagreeing with that person at their very core. And that's just an untrue statement or it's an untrue or an unhealthy uh, thing to make. Let me let me drop some deep spiritual like this will blow your mind right here. So many people get get tripped up on this, but here it is. You can dislike the other person's position or opinion and still respect them. I know, right? Crazy. You can actually still respect and get along with someone even if you disagree with them. Now, I don't think half the people I see on Facebook have understood this yet, but it's totally possible to disagree with someone and still respect them. So respect in this context looks like a couple of different things. Um, I would say, number one, that respect looks like don't interrupt or dominate people in a conversation. Respect is listening, is taking the chance to uh, listen, actually listen to the thoughts and the feelings of others. And if you disagree, fine, but respond in a way that's respectful to the other person. Proverbs 15.1 says it like this, that a gentle answer or a soft answer deflects anger. But harsh words make tempers flare. So you can have a difference of opinion, but but express that opinion gently and not harshly. And watch as the conversation remains respectful, even in differences. Um, also, you got to understand, and I feel like this is a Facebook one too, you got to understand it is not your job to win every debate and convince everyone that you're right. It's not your job. Even as a Christian, it is not your job to debate people on Christianity and convince them every time you get there. Now, the hope is to create a relationship, a conversation where that can be an avenue someone could travel down with you, but you don't ever accomplish that by disrespecting, dominating, debating, convincing people to join your cause, join your belief, join your opinion. Remind yourself that even Jesus couldn't convince everyone. There were plenty of people in Jesus's time that were not convinced uh, that he was legit. And that's in the middle of seeing some amazing things. There are some people who just aren't in a place to get it. And rather than devaluing them, just respect that they are a person, that you should love them, and that you want to stay close as they'll allow you so that when they are ready to make that transition, you're there to help. Number three. This is a big one. This one requires a lot of discipline, but it's totally possible. Number three, form opinions carefully. Let me tell you right off the top, resist the temptation. Resist it. Discipline yourself to resist the temptation to form an opinion before you have all the facts or information. Because the problem is a lot of people today latch on to some sort of a new idea or a fact that is just thrown out there. And then they repeat that fact. They, they build their opinions on just that one single fact or just that one piece of information. And then they repeat it like they're an authority on the subject. 
they throw uh, one thing that they know about a particular topic out there, but say it with such authority and certainty that it, it's like they are the absolute authority on it. And the truth is, most people are well below the line for misinformed. Most people do not know what they're talking about. They just know one fact, and they state that fact. And that can be on anything, but you see this a lot in political things or social economic things. Um, the reality is that respectful people know both sides. They learn and they re, re, they go to legitimate uh, sources of information to know both sides. They take both of those in and are able to hold both of them in their head. And then based on both sides of, a, of an issue, they form their opinion carefully. Refuse to give a quick, opinionated answer. Refuse to. Sometimes somebody may ask you, hey, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about this person? Or whatever. If you don't have all the information... Just tell them, I honestly don't have an opinion on it. I haven't gained all the information, all the facts. Now, does that mean you have to know everything there is to know about everything to have an opinion on it? Not necessarily. But you need to have a good grasp of what both sides of the issue or that person is before you can make a, an opinionated answer. Respectful people also modify their opinion when new info is presented. Say you've believed one thing your whole life, but somebody is telling you, hey, you may be off base. Here's some reasons why. A respectful person will at least listen to what that other person has to say. And at the end of which, if they still feel like they're wrong, then that's fine. But you do so respectfully. A side note to this, and this is, <laughs> this is I think, an increasing problem, is to have good sources. Have good sources. Number one, don't believe everything you read on the internet. That's kind of a running joke, but it, it's sad how many people read a headline or even something that's written to be satirical and just take that in as, wow, can you believe that's that's true? I can't, I can't believe it. And they start repeating it. Man, did you know that this and did you know that this happened? And all the while, that's not true at all. Somebody completely made that up, but they didn't check it. They didn't go to to find the source on it, and they just assumed that that was true. And now we have this like this habit, this this pattern of misinformation. Uh, the other thing, too, on that is don't believe if you've got that one kid that's always starting drama, that one girl who always is causing problems, maybe don't believe her. Because obviously if they're always starting drama, probably what they're telling you is not entirely true. And this is really big. I see this one all the time. If you didn't see or witness it, then you're not an authority. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I have people say, man, did you know that this happened? And I'm like, oh, wow, that's 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 crazy. Did you see it? Well, no, but so-and-so told me. Oh, okay, well, did they see it? No, they just think they, they think that's what happened. I'm like, well, that's not, then you're just making it up on based, in, based on poor information. That doesn't, that doesn't matter. You know, you got to ask what's your source. We've got some friends, Christy and I do, um, that, uh, and I do this too, that he likes to just say random facts like, you know, something they'll be watching a movie and an actor comes on screen and he'll say, you know, did you know that he, he you know, got started at age whatever and we used to be a, a, this for a job? And she's like, that's not true. What's your source on that? Because sometimes people just say crazy stuff or, you know, and sometimes like I do this and if you know me at all, you know, I like to mess with people and just say random things and say them with authority just to see if they'll believe it. And it's a it's a joking thing. And I usually will tell them later, no, nah, I'm just messing with you. That's not true. But that's why, like, you've got to know what's the source? Where are you getting this information? Because too many people don't like to look stupid. And instead of looking stupid, we'll just say absolutely made up facts with absolute certainty. So number three, form opinions carefully. Number four, this takes us to the end, the last one. Number four, this is really hard to do, but I promise you it's going to make a difference. Number four, believe the best. 
believe the best, believe the best about people. Or another way of saying that is give people the benefit of the doubt. Now, I understand there are people in our lives that have hurt us, that have betrayed us, that have let us down, and that does temper the way we treat people, the way we trust people, but right off the bat, every single human being deserves the benefit of the doubt, deserves a a, a default level of trust and of hope and of uh, just belief that they can be a great person. Maybe the next time you meet somebody or you have a conversation with somebody, try to be open and try humility instead of automatic suspicion, instead of assuming they're being selfish, assuming they're in it for themselves. Uh, Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. We could pause right there and talk a while, but we'll keep moving. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those that hear them. With every person you meet, you have to choose to see the good in them or choose to see the bad. And oftentimes our experiences in life, the what we've been through, the things we've seen, um, shape and fit, we filter our new relationships, our new encounters through those things. But we have to remember that it's not fair to the new person you meet that you judge them or filter your experience with them through something they may not have ever even been a part of or done. We have to choose to believe the best in every single person we come in contact with. And I said choice because at the beginning we learned respect is not instinctive. In the same way, the benefit of the doubt is not instinctive. But we have to choose to do that. It does not mean you ignore people's capacity or ability for wrong. It just simply means that you choose to believe for and draw out. That's the important part. You draw out the best in people. Every single person should be improved after they interact with you so that they enjoy talking to you. They feel better about themselves and just in a general better mood when they're done talking to you. That sounds cheesy, but it's totally a possible thing. But it starts with choice. Remember, Jesus himself lived on this earth, worked with people, taught people that he knew all about. He knew Peter would betray him well before he even got to that point. But he also knew what Peter could be at his best. And it's the same for every person he interacted with, and it's really the same for every person we interact with. We probably know what people are capable of in a negative way. We know how they could betray us or be selfish or do a hundred different things. But we also have to know that what is possible with God's help can be well beyond what we could ever imagine. So we have to choose to believe the best in people. Ask yourself, do you leave people, all people, better than you found them? Do people walk away from a conversation with you feeling better about themselves or better about you? Not because you said a bunch of great things about how awesome you are or said some fake things about how awesome they are, but because you genuinely cared and listened and respected that other person. So as I wrap this up, I want you to ask yourself a few things, a few questions And depending on how you answer them, it kind of gives you a gauge for where you're at, what you need to work on, and what things moving forward look like for you. Firstly, ask yourself, how do I treat others? How do you treat other people? Not people you like, because obviously you would treat people you like well. But ask yourself, how do I treat people I don't know? Or more importantly, how do I treat people I don't like? If there's somebody I just don't like, I just clash with, we're going to have personality clashes and stuff that happens, but how do you treat those people? When you disagree with someone, do you not like them? 
from then on. If someone, if you like a particular color or band or TV show and someone says, oh, I don't really like that. No, that's not my favorite. Do you instinctively dislike that person now? If so, maybe you need to work on that. Maybe respect is not fully in place there. Maybe there's a gap between where you should be and where you are, and you need to work to close that gap. Ask yourself also, how quickly do you form opinions? Do you get a tiny bit of information or one specific perspective on something and immediately have an opinion about it? Or do you look and learn and listen for the opposing sides, for other perspectives, for other information before you make your opinion? Next, do you trust people? Do you believe the best? Are you naturally suspicious in people? Are you trying to constantly figure out what people's motivation or, or what, what, their, what their ulterior motives are? Or do you just give people the benefit of the doubt? Do you trust them? Lastly, do you leave people better after they interact with you? And this could not just be, like I said, people you care about. This could be just people that you see in passing. This could be the cashier at the gas station. It could be the waiter at the restaurant you're at. It could be the person who held the door for you as you walked in and out of whatever store. It, it may be a brief, momentary thing, but how do you treat people? Are you thankful you say thank you and please and are you nice? Do you smile? Do you leave people better after they've interacted with you? And all of this, of course, leads back to the original question of what is the driving force in your life? Because it's, it's, it's a learned response to respect people, but the source of that respect all stems from Christ in your life, from the love of Christ being the center of your life. It, it, it's the engine that fuels our behaviors and our disciplines and the things like that, that we have got to put in place. All of that comes from the source of Christ in our life. And if Christ is the center of your life, great. Then the next logical step for you is, is the Holy Spirit, Spirit a part of your life? Is his life force, his spirit, the driving force in how you relate to all life? If not, I encourage you to start there. Start by making Jesus the priority in your life from which all things are centered around. And then nextly move to allowing his Holy Spirit, asking his Holy Spirit to permeate and empower your life. That his, his words would be your words, his actions would be your actions, that he would guide you on a daily basis and watch the byproduct of that be a bunch of different stuff. But one of them in our context today is respecting everyone always. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more from Relentless, hit subscribe or check us out on Instagram or Facebook.